Good to see you. Your legend is here. He's with Hello us. there, Mac. How are you? <laughs> good to see you. Good to see you. Lovely uh, blue look, skies we, behind you. Yeah, blue skies. It's it's beautiful weather. I'm in Kent. Uh, for anyone who knows anything about golf, golf is nearby. British Open, a last day. Someone's going to lift that uh, that jug, claret jug. Um, but we're to talk about football. Uh, and it's about 24 degrees here, and it's going to be beautiful for a while in the UK, which is great. Look, there's loads of transfers going. It's exciting times. Uh, Euro 2020 is over. Uh, we didn't really get into that. There's, I think it got talked to death about all of the situations, especially the final, semi-final, and all the issues surrounding it uh, with the hooliganism, hooliganism and racism and all the rest of it. And that's still, the conversation is still carrying on. But we need to focus on going forward and looking at the season ahead and all the kind of transfers. So I think top of, top of the uh, the program, we should talk about Messi. Let's talk about Messi because obviously uh, you're in Spain, if anyone knows Carlson Spain, uh, and he is staying, as you predicted, almost a year ago. He was staying. <laughs> when we, there was talk from leaving, everyone like me, and the whole world was debating, oh, where's Messi going to go? Is he going to come to City where Pep is and and all the other places, the PSGs, the Juventus, is the richest clubs in the world. But you said he's staying, he's staying, he's staying. And you never change your mind on that. And here we are, he's staying. <laughs> so what's your thoughts? That's right. Um, just to round off the Euros, two things I would like to say is, um, one, uh, well, three things really. Uh, one, uh, how long will... Uh, the FA put up with this uh, form of hooliganism because it, this wasn't a one-off. Um, it happens very often. We've seen it before. We've experienced it. Um, and it just seems to happen very often in England matches, yeah. especially. Yeah. Uh, so UEFA then goes and rewards the FA with, uh, I think it's the Champions League final for 2025. Yeah. Don't give them any more finals until they can get their house in order. Mm. It's about time something was done. Uh, nobody has to put up with that rubbish, that that vile behavior. And the same goes for the racism on um, social networks. Mm. Uh, as far as I know, Boris Johnson said, we'll ban these people for life from football. That's not enough. That's yeah. not good enough. These people might not even go to football. Yeah. So they won't care. Mm. You know, they need a stiff penalty. Something has to be done. Anyway, having said that, just the final thing, uh, I read this morning that um, the choice of penalty takers for England was done through uh, data analytics. Really? And if that is true, then I'm so glad it failed. Not because I've got anything against England, but I've got plenty against data analytics and football. Yeah. I think this is not basketball, it's not baseball, it's not American football. For certain things, it might be helpful. But on the whole, the best tool to analyze football are your two eyes. Yeah, yeah. No, so let's get, let's get, well, I, I don't know if you, if you no, have something let's, to say. Let's talk about this. Let's, let's talk about it. We'll come back to Messi. Okay, so the, okay. So the first thing, right, so it's about the hooliganism. I've got some thoughts on it quickly. So first of all, it feels like the 80s. We were both around in the 80s. We're live. Uh, I was obviously a bit younger than you. <laughs> but, <laughs> like uh, most people. Do, yeah, exactly. But I do remember it uh, quite vividly. Um, and it just feels like that. So today, the uh, police in the UK released some mugshots of 
the people who they 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 want to get who are involved in the the storming of Wembley in effect because they broke into Wembley. Look, those pictures, those mugshots, literally look like a, a mugshot from the eighties. Everyone looked the same, the same old look, the same old you know uh, anger on their face or rest of it. They they could be hooliganism hooligans from any era, um, but they're just the same old standard cliche hooligans and. They're still around, even though they may not be as prevalent, they are still around. Secondly, I'd say that the police uh, absolving themselves of any responsibility is ridiculous. Everyone knows that there were loads of Facebook pages organizing how to storm Wembley because it was the final. So they had already, there wasn't just something they just kind of just thought about. It's just like almost the, the, the situation, let's be honest, with Trump and storming the Capitol. It was organized. People tried to think, oh, uh, it wasn't uh, organized, but it was organized. So uh, these things should have been monitored. The police have got so many resources. Why not get somebody onto these Facebook pages? Know exactly what's going to happen. Know exactly what kind of what the kind of attitude was going to be. Find the culprits and block it off. And also having the police involved. Uh, Frubusa82, thank you for joining the conversation. So um, I think that that is a massive issue in the UK. And thirdly, on that whole Wembley thing, it's unbelievable. I thought that England would get banned from holding any venues. And they've got some more. They've been given, like I said, handed some stuff. And it shows the hypocrisy of UEFA. We've talked about UEFA's hypocrisy over and over and over and over again. Um, and, you know, you've talked about it as well, the, the FIFA and the UEFA uh, hypocrisy, and it's, it's unacceptable. Um, with the racism, we, we could talk all day about it, but, I, but the bottom line is society, society is here. The people who are uh, doing it towards the footballers, like you said, probably 80% of them are probably not even football goers. They're probably just people, they're just armchair warriors, just like anybody who gets hammered on social media. 99.9% .9 of the people are not interested in the actual sport. They're just interested in using that opportunity to jump on the bandwagon. And like you, we've talked about a million times, I mean, Boris has talked about the fining, but, you know, you've got to have identification. That's the only way to stop this. Identification. Everyone puts an ID of some sort on social media and see how quickly those people disappear. It's almost like the people with Trump. As soon as Trump came off Twitter and, and all the rest of it, see how quickly all those racists and extremists have disappeared. Same sort of thing. So that, that's my thoughts on those matters. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I, I think it's about time um, stiff measures are taken. Uh, you have to do something about this because... Here we are talking about it again, and we talk about it time and time again because these things yeah. keep happening. And we're and, talking about it again in the season, 100%. Yeah, which proves that the people in authority who are meant to be doing something about this are not doing enough if they're doing anything at all. They yeah. talk a lot, oh, but they yeah. don't actually do anything. Yeah. Uh, with regards that, with regards to the uh, racism uh, on uh, social networks, which is practically an everyday thing during the season yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, every day I open the newspaper and there's something about some attack on someone. Yeah. Um, and then with the policing, well, if you see the videos that were distributed of the violence at Wembley, there's not a policeman to be seen. No. There's not a policeman <laughs> to be seen in many of the videos. And yeah. apparently um, a lot of people said that there was no police presence. No. Just a few stewards. Yeah, yeah. There's, so there's, that, there's more, 
It's funny because with the police in the UK, the um, the every pro football club has to pay to have the police as part of the budget. They weren't paid, obviously, for Wembley. They were just supposed to be there. It's funny how they weren't there when the money wasn't thrown around. And the lack of organisation. This is the biggest event the majority of people have lived through, you know, um, and you couldn't even get a massive amount of police. The vi there were so many videos of everything that was going to happen and the amount of people that were going to turn up, uh, the people obviously without tickets, and you couldn't even get everybody from the Met Police involved. Wow, it's a madness. Yeah, no, absolutely mad. I heard, now I've got no way of uh, proving this, but I heard that people were bribing their way in. Yeah. As well. I heard that as well. Yeah, that that was that was something that was uh, quite uh, well documented. That a lot of people were being asked by, because obviously these guys at, the, at these doors um, to get into Wembley, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying minimum wage, but they're not on great wages. Uh, and it's almost like being someone on the door at a nightclub. If you give someone the right amount of money, they were prepared to let people in. Now, like I said, you, we can't confirm it, but there's been enough people who have said it to know that this there's, there's no smoke without fire. Um, and apparently it was only a tenor. That's all that it required to get in. Ridiculous. ridiculous. That's what I was told. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, and, uh, I, you know, there's, uh, I've seen pictures of people who have got into Wembley who I knew, uh, not necessarily personally, but I knew definitely didn't have a ticket before. And that says all that I need to know. You know, yeah. so simple as that. But look, we could go around in circles about Euro 2020 and Wembley. And this is a, a discussion that we may have again um, as we uh, refresh and look at the season ahead. But let's talk about transfers for a few minutes. So going yeah. back to Messi, <laughs> what's your thoughts on Messi? So half his wages, but we know that there's a, a roundabout way of paying this guy, right? Yeah, of course. Um, I never had any doubts because I think he... Uh, is very comfortable at Barcelona. And I don't think he likes a challenge. I, I said this last summer. I don't think he's got the courage to start afresh somewhere new uh, where he will have to uh, adapt to a new team. Uh, proof of what, uh, for him, playing away from Barcelona is, um, you will see when he plays for Argentina, where, you know, very often... He's out of sorts. He doesn't play to the best of his ability. Um, he looks like he's not interested very often. Okay, people will say he just won the Cup America. Yeah, but he's been right. playing for Argentina for 15, 20 years. Yeah. And, you know, this that. is the first thing that uh, he's won. And uh, very often, yes, he's played good matches for Argentina, but uh, more often than not, I think he hasn't. So, um, that's why I think he likes to be surrounded by the people he knows. He likes to be in the club that he knows and yeah. where he can get away with anything he wants. Yeah. He practically owns the club. Yeah. Um, so, um, yes, uh, half his wages. Now, uh, Barcelona are struggling because they have to get rid of so many players. I'm not sure keeping Messi is the best thing for Barcelona. Yeah. Because what Barcelona need is a, a good team which they haven't had for the last few years. Now, the kind of team they've had with Messi has been unable to win the Champions League. Yeah. It's struggled very often in the Spanish League. So what's the point of going through the motions again and, and doing something like that again? What they need is to build a new, young, 
and a good, strong team. Yeah. Uh, but now what they have to do is they have to start getting rid of so many players in order to finance Messi's wage. Yeah. They haven't been yeah. able to register the uh, incoming players like Eric Garcia. He hasn't been registered yet because they have to sell, offload players in order to not infringe the uh, financial fair play laws. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and listen, I, I agree with you. But, uh, anyway, anyone listening, by for Bruce to anyone else online, uh, let us know your thoughts on the messy situation. My personal thoughts, which is which is very common knowledge, Barcelona and Real Madrid, obviously through COVID and just through overspending over the many many years, are virtually bankrupt. Right? Uh, they're 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 run aren't they by those at the local guys of the government funds them, but. There's only so much money you can pump into these clubs, right? <laughs> Before you actually have to like let people go and make some money back. <laughs> yeah. In theory, they're not allowed to take money from local government, but you know, there are ways. Yeah. There are ways. Of course. Of course. Uh, of course. There was there was an investigation and uh, the result, the outcome was that uh, they had not received money um from local government or local banks. But um you know, I think everyone knows that that's not 100% true. Of course not. I mean, how, how the, there's a brand there. They still make a lot of money coming in, but they're, they're spending money hand over fist. And we, we could talk all day about that. They're not the only clubs doing that. Uh, there's obviously, just like you said, it's um, a lot of uh, other stuff going on behind the scenes. But let's move on anyway. Look, let's go back to some of the clubs in the UK. So Man United are going about their business, aren't they? Uh, Rafael Varane, Real Madrid. Jadon Sancho uh, on his way. Uh, they're looking good. They even, I think they're after other people as well. Like I know Danny Ings has got his last season at Southampton and he's turning and throwing. And, and, it, and the list goes on. Obviously, they've kept your man. Um, he's staying. Um, so, look, it's uh, Cavani, sorry. Uh, Edison Cavani. So, look, they, they are looking pretty good for next season, aren't they? Uh, yes, they weren't too far off the mark last season. Um, it was more their style of football that needed to change. Mm. And some players who were not really firing on all cylinders. Mm. Um, but yes, Jaden Sancho will do uh, a good job. He will strengthen and improve menu, I think. Mm. Um, Rafael Varane, I'm not too keen on. I never oh, have okay. been. I know a lot of people really, really rate him. Okay. But I think his positioning is not that good. He gets away with it because he's very quick. Uh, aerial balls uh, coming across the penalty area. He misjudges sometimes. Um, it happened at this Euro. I mean, uh, Switzerland gave them so much trouble with uh, mm. just crosses that I think some of the goals came that way as well between the two centre-backs. Oh, okay. um, but... Uh, let's face it, he doesn't have to do much to improve on what man you have at the back right now. Yeah, that's right. There's talk of uh, Fred and McTominay kind of pairing, being, uh, them trying to mix it up as well, obviously, with uh, other people coming. Obviously, Sancho's coming in, but I think they need to mix it up a bit, don't they? Because at times it worked, but it was quite inconsistent, wasn't it, at United? Yeah, they, um, they've been looking at uh, midfielders as well. A few names have been mentioned, but um, yes, yeah, so, let's face it, Fred isn't the most talented player in the world. No, so inconsistent. Yeah, um, I think he can do a job, 
But if you really want to make that leap and want to challenge for the title, then you've got to look for more quality, better quality in all positions. So um, the player that plays next to Pogba, if he plays in that middle two, which often he doesn't, or in a middle three, um, will have to be a player uh, better than Fred, I think. McTominay I like. I think he's... He's uh, he's got hungry, potential. Isn't yeah, hungry. he's yeah hungry. He's uh, strong. He makes um, very good forward runs. Um, I think he had a very good end of season. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, I I do think that Manu, and this was the reason why I thought they wouldn't sign uh, a top striker because I think they're saving their money in order to. Uh, strengthen in other areas. You remember I, I mentioned that a few months ago. Yeah. I mean, I may be proved wrong, and they might fork out for a big name striker. They might, but I, I think, I think they won't. I think they, they're aware, they're conscious that they need a better midfield and a better defense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what's their chances? You think of winning the league? Right now, it's difficult to say because we don't know what the final squads are going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think they're still short of winning the league. Yeah. If we take Manu for what they are today with the inclusion of Sancho and Varane. Um, but if Man City do sign Kane or Lewandowski, as has been mentioned, then I think they'll be untouchable. Yeah, yeah. And let's go and let's move on to that. So let's talk about Kane and Lewandowski. Let's talk about Kane first of all. So... This is, this is, I think, the biggest one of all. So Kane uh, obviously wants to leave. We know that. And we know that uh, Tottenham, the way they've been talking, is that he's staying. You've heard of Spirito Santo. He's been interviewed. He said, I have every confidence that Kane is staying. Every confidence. Um, Levy's saying he'll do what's best for the club. Um, the new director of football, I forget his name, has said that he's confident that he'll stay as well. So... Unless he first forces a, a kind of move, which is which is very uncane like, how I don't see how this is going to happen. I think Kane is staying. He's got three years in his contract. When it's two years, obviously you got some wiggle room, but three years is a long time still on his contract, right? Well, that's the problem when players sign very long contracts. Um, but what is the value of keeping a player who is unhappy and doesn't want to be there? I. I don't know if Tottenham will keep him, but um, I think Kane has to go. If he stays for another three years, then he'll be in his 30s. His best years will be behind him, uh, and he would have won nothing. True, because I predict that in the next three years, Tottenham will not win the league. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely (laughs) not. (laughs) Go finish top four before you get anywhere yeah, exactly. So um, can they force him? I think even though it's, as you said, very uncane like I think he might find himself in a position where uh, he will have to force Tottenham's hand. Um, otherwise, you know, it'll be a completely wasted career. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, it's going to be difficult Um for him not to try everything in his power with his management company to try and get out of it. I think, my personal thoughts, I think he's going to stay one more year. I, don't, I think after that, then he definitely will go. I, I don't think there's any way that they can 
because he's obviously made it crystal clear about the situation. I think if he stays one more year, um, it would have to be on the premise or whatever handshake promise, a bit like the Rio Mara's that look, after this year, I can go. I'll, get, I'll try my best to get you back into Champions League mm -hmm. spots um, and out of this Europa Conference League, which we, we shall talk about in another episode. Um, but I need to go. Um, because, like I said, he's you know he's run out of time, and that window of opportunity is now now getting smaller and smaller for him. Like I said, when he when he hits that age, thirty thirty plus, unless he's still golden boot, he's really his stock will go down quite significantly. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, and Lewandowski, we we know we heard that he's um, he's going at cut price. I think uh, he's not he's not even going for even a hundred million. I think it's fifty million, isn't it? That people are, are banging around about him. What's your thoughts on Lewandowski coming? Uh, well, let's see where he goes. Uh, I know Real Madrid are interested. Um, Manchester City, apparently. It's funny because uh, um, Guardiola usually doesn't use a centre-forward. No. He hasn't done practically ever. And yet, well, he used Lewandowski at Bayern Munich, obviously, because yeah. if you if you arrive at Bayern Munich and you've got Lewandowski, you're not going to drop him, are you? <laughs> There's no way he's getting <laughs> dropped for anything. But um, I think the Champions League failure against Chelsea has made yeah. Guardiola rethink some of the um, tactics that he has used, some of his uh, methods and his playing style. And I think we will see certain changes at Manchester City. I think we'll see um, maybe a slightly different style, maybe a bit more direct, controlled football, passing game, but not these 20, 30 passes going nowhere. And <laughs> we might see a centre forward. I think he's realised that um, a centre forward increases your chances of winning games. Um yeah, it's not rocket science, is it? <laughs> no, you need a target man. It's as simple as that. I can't. I mean, look, that, that's obviously what Kane's all about. You get the ball to Kane in that last final third, or obviously definitely in the penalty box. The guy is going to take a shot. It's just instinctive. That's obviously the obviously my glory as, as Arsenal man. Uh, that's what it's all about, Henri. Get Henri the ball in that final third and let the magic happen. Um, whilst obviously, you know. Aguero's getting old and obviously injured a lot. Um, and obviously, the, the other false number nines, all the rest of it, it's, it works to an extent. But that's really helpful when you have an amazing defence as well and people can just push the ball up the field. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it needs to change. And Kane obviously would bring that in Lewandowski, like I said, that would be incredible. Um, but talking on the flip side with City, Raheem Sterling, the guy, the hero of England, the guy who dragged England out of the group stages, dragged them through the quarters, had a very um, generous penalty in the semis. <laughs> and look, he, tried, he, he played incredibly. And yet he's still available, apparently, for sale. Unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? What's your thoughts? I know you've never rated him, but I'm interested to know your thoughts on the matter. I, I haven't rated him. I think he's uh, overrated. Um, and then in the Euros... When uh, they played the quarterfinals, I thought he had an excellent game. And I asked myself whether I should uh, change my mind and rethink my uh, opinion of uh, Raheem Sterling. Uh, but then came the semi-final, and then came the final, where I thought he was rubbish in the final. 
and and in the semi-final he had a few runs and then he cheated <laughs> and that for me uh, just simply took me back to square one right. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day his best match was against the whipping boys of the quarterfinals of the knockout stage which was ukraine ukraine yeah they got battered yeah embarrassing they were poor they were poor um so i don't know i i think the uh, season he had with man city mm. and his uh his game in the final is more indicative of what raheem sterling is about i right. think <laughs> so you think it's right that he gets put on put on transfer well i don't know um it just depends i would never have signed him to be honest i don't think <laughs> okay uh i i, I wow. was i was flabbergasted when they signed raheem sterling to be honest wow um bold statement so when um now if they decide that they don't need him i know they also have to offload players in order to bring players in yeah, yeah. that is one thing uh sterling hasn't been first choice for man city no so if you've got to get rid of someone who will bring in the money yeah. then he probably would be the right man yeah yeah i know I'm, i know for us arsenal we've been we've been looking for loads of players but lots of people will not sign for us because we're not in europe um so we obviously with our spanish connections we we actually had a conversation apparently with sergio ramos uh, but he said no for obvious reasons we're not in champions league and he'll only play champions league football um, and I know that there's been talk about Raheem Sterling, but again, you know, he's obviously going to say no to us, regardless of what happens, because obviously we've not got no Europe. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting how that all pans out. So uh, let's see what happens. But let's move on. Let's talk about my team, actually. So, look, we brought in um, Nuno Tavares, left back from Benfica, scored on his debut uh, in the friendly, which is nice, uh, against Rangers, um, playing really well. Uh, but Baron, I mean, look, his body language last year was was obvious that he wanted to, a fresh start. Um, apparently, Inter wants him. Uh, what, what do you think about what, what his, his situation? I mean, I, I personally haven't, haven't rated him for a long time. I think the last couple of years, he's looked poor for Arsenal. What's, what's your thoughts on Baron? I used to like him a lot when he first came on the scene. But I don't think he's reproduced that form for some time. Uh, so if uh, if you're not going to do it, then I suppose you have to move on. Yeah, yeah. And if someone else wants him, then fine. Again, it will release funds for Arsenal to strengthen, and I think I, th I think Arsenal do need to strengthen. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've got themselves Ben White, haven't they? Yeah. Um, What's your Ben White? I think that is a great signing. Okay. I think Young, fresh. It's exactly what Arsenal needed. Who can a player who can play at the back? Or he can play in midfield he is a ball playing center back a ball playing defender which is important too often in england and in english football um people have gone for a big strong defenders yeah. who act as stoppers they do the job yeah. but when you give them the ball they struggle yeah um yeah. and i know that england have been trying to move away from that and uh and they want nowadays players who can bring the ball out from the back yeah. and if that's the case then you've got ben white fantastic i think uh he's a, a good addition and you will see an improvement in arsenal's defense or midfield depending on where they play him i suspect he'll be played in defense 
Oh, 100%. We are so poor in defence. All of the people we've got, literally... I'm obviously we've got under David Luiz, who's been released, but uh, literally, I can't think of a, 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 the centre-back uh, of any sort that we've got. We can have 100% confidence in. Only people we can have confidence in is Kieran Tierney. <laughs> and obviously, there's Tavares, hopefully. <laughs> he seems like a good enough player. But apart from those two, Bear is rubbish. And everyone else that's around there is all rubbish. It's just, it's just, it's horrible. Um, but yeah, no, good. It's good to hear about Ben White. But on the, you know, talk about. We're going back to Arsenal a bit. What do you think about Giroud, Olivier Giroud, off to AC Milan? What's your thoughts on him? Can he still Milan, a job? Yeah, Milan have got a a reputation for signing old players. Okay. Um, <laughs> Why? Their their um policy. Their recruitment policy has not been good for about 10, 12 years or more even. Oh. And that has been one of the reasons why Milan have been out of the Champions League for such a long time. Yeah. Now they, they're back this time. Uh, they had a, a relatively good season, very good in comparison to what they've been doing recent, in recent years. Yeah. But I do believe that Giroud will do a good job for them. I've always liked Giroud. Really? I've always liked him. Yeah, yeah. I think he's uh, he's he's skillful. I know that people say he doesn't score, but you know, he, I think he's the second or third top scorer in the French national team. Yeah, he is. He's, he's and bought, um, bought he, he's got a knack of getting important goals. Yeah, he's not a thirty goal a season man, but he 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 gets goals when they're most needed. So um, I I think he's the kind of player who gets people playing around him as well, and that's mm. something else you have to look at. As a centre forward, you can be just the guy who puts the ball in the back of the net, but you can also be someone who gets people around you playing. I think Giroud does that second bit. Yeah, for me, you know what I think, and I, I might be brutal, but I'm going to say it. He's a poor man's Cavani. <laughs> <laughs> he can hold hold the ball up, like I said, get people playing, bring players to him, and then put, uh, release it. But he just can't score. Well, as Cavani can score. <laughs> every time <laughs> if you put the ball at his feet he can score uh, and he just he can do magical things go through people and he will always run back as we've seen obviously one of the videos that we put on YouTube uh, about it so look um, he's definitely he's alright but he's definitely for me a poor, poor man but maybe he suits the AC Milan way like that I mean tell me if I'm wrong I think he'll do well um, depends also what team they build around him and what players uh, can come in. Uh, Milan have uh, offloaded Chalonoglu, uh, the Turk, which was surprising. He said he felt that he wasn't wanted at Milan and he's uh, gone across the roads to Inter. <laughs> so, you know, champions. Milan might uh, live to regret that. Yeah, the champions as well. I mean, obviously, Conte left, but they're still the champions. I know they probably have to offload, offload a few people. Um, but uh, th there's no reason why they can't have another good fist of it again. Obviously, Juventus want to come again and all the rest of it, because obviously they're spending money as well. Um, look, there's loads of people transferring, but the last one I want to talk about, and I don't know if you've heard about this, so Rangers signed a, a young guy. Now, let, uh, apologies if I get this name wrong. Namadi Ofobora. Um, and this is a guy, young guy, 21-year-old midfielder. They signed him, Rangers, Stephen Gerrard, and... Uh, he came on a free transfer from Bournemouth this summer, uh, where your manager, 
<laughs> Carlos is a Fulham for all his pains and, and woes as a Fulham <laughs> supporter. Uh, and they lost their manager, Scott Parker, to Bournemouth. Um, he moved over to Rangers anyway. Um, they did a scan of his heart and it revealed uh, that basically he's got a heart issue uh, and his career's on hold. So a couple of questions on this. First of all, um, obviously this is great that it's been detected like this, but um, I'm, I'm interested in medicals in general. Um, I assume they always do a heart check, right? And if they don't, they should surely do it every time, especially after one of Ericsson and all the rest of it. Uh, they do, they do. Um, there is a, um, a very uh, uh, good, I think, um, uh, heart um, check that they do every year in the summer when before the players start. And then throughout the season, they're monitored. And I think, especially because we've had incidents such as the Ericsson case um, in recent years, it's been something that we've been aware of for decades now. Mm. And uh, I think that the, um, the monitoring of the heart is one of the most uh, strict and, uh, uh, and intensive um, parts of the medical that okay. clients have. Um, sometimes these things go undetected. Mm. Uh, the um, cardiologist who uh works for tottenham when he saw ericsson collapse he said he immediately went to check all the um heart records uh, and all the heart tests that he had carried out with ericsson mm. to find out if he had missed something mm. it was there and, for good years wasn't it? It was like for oh yeah years, and he man. hadn't he said that every test was good really for ericsson wow every single so no no anomalies at all so that's why very often it doesn't matter how many checks you carry out something suddenly appears um unexpectedly and that could be um what causes you a severe problem like the one that ericsson had um that's why it's so important to make sure these tests uh, are continuous and that they are carried out throughout the season yeah, no, no. It can't just be. I think a long time ago, um, they used to carry out these checks at the be beginning of the season uh, when they did their medicals, uh, and that was it. But I think now this is an ongoing thing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. And thank you for that. And uh, look, we wish him all the best. Unfortunately, with that kind of situation, chances are, especially in this world we live in, there's no going to be no risk. I'm, I'm afraid that it's probably will be... Um, probably the end of his career but it's better to be alive than uh than you know well try, and to try before, to play and then have a yeah, nasty shot yeah yeah and it'd be obviously traumatic for him his family uh and everyone around the, the club so look it's um it's, it's good that they're doing it and, it's, and thank you for educating myself and others on on the situation the heart condition situation with their clubs because um, Carlos is uh, is a football coach, and he knows all about this, and he knows the ins and outs of football. Well, <laughs> amateur, amateur. <laughs> amateur, yeah, but you know all about it. So, look, it's been brilliant. Uh, we've run out of time, unfortunately. Any final thoughts? Before, no, that's uh, it. Uh, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the coming weeks. We're only a few weeks away from yeah. the start of the season. Yeah. So uh, what I'm really keen to see is uh, what the squads look like 
And only then will you be able to start predicting what kind of season teams will have. And even then, you know, we'll probably get it wrong in some <laughs> cases. But, um, uh, all I can say is uh, also I hope um, Fulham allow Marco Silva to do the signing and not Tony yeah. Khan. Yeah, brilliant. And we're definitely going to talk about Fulham the next time. Definitely. So, look, thanks, Carlos, for everything. It's been a pleasure as always. It's a lovely way to chat to you. Uh, thank you for those who join us. Uh, and obviously for you, through Booster uh, 82 come join us, like and subscribe to Twitch, uh, and then uh, we'll be on all the time. Uh, we've got, uh, we're going to do a talk about the Europa Conference League, myself and Carlos. We've got that coming up. Uh, we'll do that this week. And then we'll talk again about the transfers, everything's going on, exciting stuff. There's loads of sport this summer. Uh, Olympics coming up, um, which is doesn't look like it's going to be in a great place. Obviously today, like I said, the golf is going on. But we're going to be talking about football, which we all love. Uh, we've seen an incredible, one of the most exciting tournaments happen. Um, and we can look forward to an incredible season here in England and, uh, and across the world as well. It's going to be great. So thanks again. Thanks for joining the Football Fan Show. Thanks again for Carlos. Uh, and uh, let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the matters as well.